Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. As always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe, I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios, and joining me after leaving his private chair at the craps table at the Sands <laughs> Safari. Mike, Dave, Mike, how are you today? Dave, there is no such thing as the Sands. <laughs> well, Mike, have you? It's been gone for years. Mike, have you not figured out yet that I'm imagining you? Along with Dean Martin and I was just gonna say Joey Bishop, those are all Rat Pack things I'm doing here. I'm gonna see the Sammy Davis Jr. show tonight at the. Uh... There, that's what I'm. <laughs> listen, I, listen, I got a whole list of these things in my phone for your uh, for your introductions. Uh, ah. How how is how is Sin City doing, Mike? Uh you know it's. The casinos are at half or whatever. I think it's half capacity now, and it's very quiet. I mean, even though most of the casinos are not even open during the week. I mean, they're only open like Thursday through Sunday or, or Friday oh, through true? Monday or whatever it is. Wow. Yeah, a lot of them are. Uh, some of them are open all week, but uh, you know, a few of them have shut down for the middle of the week just because there's nobody here, especially in the middle of the week. If you go down the Strip on a Tuesday, I mean, there's just nothing happening. Um, it's very quiet. Um any you know, New Year's bit, stuff bit, or anything like that, or was that all shut down? They, they actually, if you look on Twitter, I mean, it was packed like sardines on the strip. They shut oh, down the great. strip, <laughs> but there wasn't any uh, firework because usually, there, uh, you know, like each hotel shoots off their own fireworks, and if you're on the right. strip, you know, up and down the strip are fireworks going. It's really uh, quite a show. Right. Um, they did not do that this year, but the the strip was packed. Didn't stop um, people from congregating. New Year's, huh? New Year's Eve night, yeah, they closed down the strip. You know, there was no through traffic, so you could walk around. But it looked pretty crowded. On t- I was nowhere near it, but uh, it looked pretty crowded, uh, uh, at least on social media. The things I saw. Okay, so every year at the mm-hmm. end of uh, the end of the year, we do our year in review, which we just did. And then we try to look forward to 2021 and or to the next year. And what we do always, this is a tradition, is Mike and I create our wish list for right. what we want to see, what we would like to see happen. This is the way we preview the year at Disney's Animal Kingdom. We make a wish list. And just because we're brothers, everything turns into a competition. So... Last year's when so what we do is we review our last year's wish list and see if anybody got anything right. <laughs> um, a big fat no on this one. Uh, but <laughs> I, really though, because I'm willing to argue for a couple of things. All right, go ahead. Tell me what. I believe that we could give our give me kind of a win with a return of the holiday tree of life. Didn't that happen again? The holiday show well, on the on the tree of life thing 
Disney's Animal Kingdom was closed until six o'clock. Uh, was closed at six o'clock at night. Did they really even have? But during the I mean, Christmas they, they, season they, at five, didn't they show the holiday stuff? I don't remember off the top of my head. I know they had the uh, the Merry Menagerie, the decorations back. They didn't have the puppeteer people back, but they had. They busted out all the same decorations. All right, we're um, going to have to get a judge's ruling on that. And um, the other one is revamp Fast Pass Plus. Well, by the end of the year, they practically flushed it down the toilet. Well, they canceled it for the <laughs> current pandemic. I mean, there's nothing when they reopens. As far as I know, the Fast Pass Plus system's coming back. They haven't revamped anything. They well, just paused but, it while the pandemic's going. But out. we don't know that. We don't know that. So that's an incomplete. That's certainly not a win on your on your behalf. <laughs> well, did you have anything that you can even argue for a win? No, no. Came, not, 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 not a thing came even close. <laughs> I've changed my strategy for this year. Right, well, that's good. That's good news. So maybe you've got a little. Uh, I mean, maybe you've got a little something that you might uh, finally win one of these. Um, <laughs> all right. So should we get, just get jump right into it, or should we sure. plug first? Should we do some plug first? Let's plug. Sure, first. go ahead. We need to plug the T-shirt and merchandise. It's on our T Public store. Links in the show notes. Links in all of our social media pages. If you're yep. linked to those, uh, you go there. You find some great designs. There's some brand new stuff, only a week or so old, where we're really uh, marking Joe Rody's time with paying the Animal Kingdom. As a, yes, paying tribute to Joe. Paying tribute to Joe with some great designs. Go take a look at those. And all the money this um, for the next couple of months that we make uh, during Christmas, we made a great donation, two donations actually, to the Grevy Zebra Trust. Uh, now we're going to donate for rhinos, correct? Yeah, the International Rhino Foundation, which is a uh, which works to save oh, rhinos around the world, not just the ones you see at the Animal Kingdom, like the white and black rhinos, but also right. the highly endangered Asian rhinos, like the Sumatran rhino, which is virtually on the on the edge of extinction and you know might only have a couple of decades left um hopefully that's not true but it's possible um so they work hard um and it's kind of linked to joe Rody because joe is involved with the horns and heroes project which you know uh, gets artwork sells it at various uh, auctions and on a, on the website and it was started by some animal kingdom um uh, zoologists um, and all their proceeds go to the International Rhino Foundation. So we're sort of jumping on board with that. Most of, you know, many of the animals, uh, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of the animals that are endangered or have gone extinct uh, have done so at the hands of humans. But humans could also save that from happening. And that seems to be where we are with the Sumatran rhino, where yeah. if humans don't intervene here, we will have an extinct species, correct? Yeah, they, they almost have to. Yeah, at this point, I mean, there's less than 100 in the wild. So, um, And there's not very many in zoos. There are none in the United States ever since uh, Cincinnati Zoo uh, stopped showing, uh, you know, gave up the Sumatran rhino program. There's only a few zoos in Asia that have them. Uh, so it's a desperate attempt to sort of save them. So that's what we're going to be. Every bit of money we make off this, every dollar that comes in is going right to these organizations. We're doing all of this, all of the design work by Christina, which has been terrific work. She does it all for free, <laughs> does it all uh, for the idea of helping these organizations. And she's done terrific work in that manner. 
um, and has really helped us sort of revolutionize the store and, and get some really great stuff on there and really get some money in. So our thanks to yeah, her. Yeah, we're selling a few of them. Yep. Yeah. So let's begin, Mike, with All right. how we always do it is this way. We each get, correct me if I'm wrong, three small things in the list. Uh-huh. Two medium things. Uh-huh. One big thing, and then one correct. thing for Disney at large. Right, Disney World at large, correct. Disney World at large. Um, so I won last year, obviously. I think I won the year before, too. But uh, <laughs> let's begin this year, and we'll start with you, Mike, with your first small item that you would like to see something just a something to give you a little smile on a trip to the animal kingdom what would you like that to be all right so we're going to start off and i'm going to talk about uh my new tactic so in this new uh <laughs> covid covid era uh things might be changing uh you know how we travel and all that kind of stuff and how we uh keep ourselves safe how about and i'm surprised actually disney hasn't done this yet area specific hand sanitizers that you can purchase uh, so that like scented with the area, for example, maybe mojito flavored being uh, mojito <laughs> scented at Dawa bar, uh, you know, spices over at the nomad lounge um, funnel cake at Dinorama. Cause that's kind of a carnival kind of thing. Fruit scented hand, hand sanitizers at the, uh, in Harambe during the, you know, Harambe market, the fruit stand. So you're Things not talking like about giraffe manure. I'm not talking about giraffe manure, but if you go on all of these like websites like, you know, Etsy or whatever, you know, people sell hand sanitizers, candles that are scented for specific things like Dole Whips and, uh, you know, like oh, yeah. Soren and all that kind of stuff. That's very popular. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't know why Disney doesn't get involved in that. And this, in today's day and age where everybody wants hand sanitizer, sell hand sanitizers like the Harambe hand sanitizer that's fruit scented like the market. You know, things like that. I, it's a small thing. It is a very time-relevant thing. So that's what my first little uh, project for Disney's Animal Kingdom. I think that's a great. I think that's a great one. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I I just saw on probably Instagram, since that's really the only social media I ever look at. Um, I just saw somebody advertising something. Might have been candles. Might have been more than candles. That was called Poly Lobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of that for like uh, candles, soaps. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all you know, the salt scrubs and like other, you know, bathroom paraphernalia and things like that. But hand sanitizer, I've never I, I've seen some, but you know, certainly Disney doesn't sell it, and I think they should. Right. Okay, that's a great one. I, I have I'll start off with a merchandise theme one too, which is I was walking around I was putting up putting away my Christmas tree yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, taking ornaments off the tree, and I thought to myself, "God, you know what? You know what I would love? I'd love a great tree of life ornament." Or wait a minute, no. How about the Harambe Market ornament, or um, a Festival of the Lion King ornament? Something I would so love. like attraction specific, attraction specific ornaments that are. Okay more ubiquitous than the occasional one you find that Hallmark has made or something like that. Now you can always uh, find, you know, Walt Disney World 2020 ornaments in shops. The castle is going to be on it, yeah. You can find a lot of that stuff. But get down below the surface a little bit, and when you go into the dinosaur 
uh, gift shop, how about a Carnotaurus <laughs> ornament or probably an iguanodon would be a better would be a better uh, option mm-hmm. there. But or even um, Safari Mickey, uh, you know, on the Safari truck or something like that. Just more park specific into the detail. Maybe even Pandora stuff. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. But I, okay. I just think their ornament game is a little weak, and I would like to see them up it with regards to the parks to get us all sort of excited about the parks during Christmas time. Okay. I mean, the ornament the, their ornament game, I guess, is weak uh, except for characters. I mean, there's always that's it Mickey and yeah. different. You know, it's it's all characters. Um, so I, I could see that. I mean, I'm sure you could probably find, like you said, a castle and a spaceship Earth one somewhere. But sure. other than that, uh, you probably can't. So would would I get a? How about just Pangani Forest Trail uh, ornament? Maybe. What about? Oh, go ahead. I mean, if we're talking Disney ro- worldwide or Disney mm-hmm. Disney World, the greater parks, all four parks. How about like Christmas themed attraction ride vehicles? You know, like I said, uh, you know, a wreath on the front of your uh, safari truck with Mickey in it, or right. um, you know, Santa sitting in the dino, uh, exactly. uh, the dinosaur ride. You know? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I can see that. Or uh, you know, Mickey in a Santa Claus hat <laughs> riding uh, one of those birds in Pandora. I forget what they're called, banshees or something. <laughs> I can never remember. It's banshees. Whatever. The crazy blue lady that's singing at the end of the river ride. Put a Santa hat on her and sell her as a Christmas ornament. Something <laughs> like that. Okay. Right? Anything like that, I think, works <laughs> works great. All right. What's your second one? All right, Dave. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, I think is great about Disney's Animal Kingdom is the Wilderness Explorers. And it's one of the few things that sort of are under the umbrella of uh, uh, live entertainment that's actually going uh, recurrently, that you can do the Wilderness Explorers even now. Why not expand the Wilderness Explorers and bring it to the Animal Kingdom Lodge to go along with Animal Kingdom? How cool would a night vision goggles uh, badge be? Or you know, one based on the various activities. So if you're over in the Animal Kingdom, you get uh, a sticker for you know doing the drum thing or you know whatever. Yeah, There's yeah. numerous activities that we talked about a few months back. Um, so I say bring the Wilderness Explorers to the Animal Kingdom Lodge and kind of expand that game. You know, Mike, I spent a lot of time when we were doing this, um, when I was getting ready, my, get my list ready over the last couple of days. Uh, I spent a lot of time thinking of what I could, what I could bring from the hotels, from the from the lodge, what I could, what what I can put on there, and I ended up not getting anything on there. And this is a great little thing, and it was something I was trying to. I was thinking of something like this, like some other kind of safari experience, some other kind of animal-based mm-hmm. experience. I, mine was going to, you know, sign up to go back and see the barns, but you know, I, you don't know how those are laid out, so I, I, I don't know if that's even something that's plausible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thought, and I, ne- I never ended up falling on one thing in particular that I wanted, but that's a great example. That's a, that's that's a good idea. I like that one. Um, I'll tell you another thing. I had a very hard time coming up with small ones. So my next two small ones could have fallen in the medium category. Okay. Um, and my first one is one that I am, which is just, I'm going to offer no solutions 
going to offer no ideas. I'm just going to tell you, for the love of God, fix the parking lot. Make the parking lot better than it is. Because <laughs> I hate the fact that you can come in at 10 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning and end up parking literally as far away from the front door as humanly possible. <laughs> the mm-hmm. way they flow cars into that parking lot is absurdly stupid. And not only that, if you're trying to get out of the parking lot and you happen to be parking in like the diamond section or something like that, getting uh-huh. out of the parking lot is a catastrophe <laughs> as they flow the cars in and then cross them over another lane of outgoing traffic in order to park. Parking there in the evening when all those people are leaving is death-defying occasionally because people don't realize that they're not just able to fly out of the park. I hate the parking lot. I know I'm alone on this. I hate the parking lot. It does seem a little bit more complicated than, say, Epcot or Hollywood Studios, which are relatively straightforward. You, there's just big long lines down each row, and you you know you, you leave a certain way, and you know whatever. It does seem a little bit more convoluted than those. I will agree with that. I, you could get there at nine o'clock or eight o'clock. You get there when it opens, and if you just happen to be the last person they talk, they send down a row. You are parking as far away from the front gate as humanly possible. Right. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see a re- restructuring of the parking lot would be a good idea. Sure. I like that. One of the reasons I want to go to Epcot first thing in the morning is because I can walk from the parking space to the front yeah. gate and back again. And it makes yeah. it so much easier on my life. And that's the reason why I go. With the animal kingdom, other than to get to, to you know to avoid the lines, you get no you get nothing out of coming first. You just right. you, you know, and I can't stand it. And they park all the general guests so far away from the gate that you're all sort of required to take the tram or mm-hmm. walk a long way, no matter where you are. And that just drives me nuts. I gotta figure out a better way. They gotta figure out a better way. And then there, you always see the other side. The side closest to the gates is empty. Right. They don't use it. They use it for prepaid or diamond or whatever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. Now they're using it mm-hmm. for like a way for uh, Ubers to get in and out. Right. You know, I don't care about Uber. I paid for my parking space. If I got there early, I paid money. I want to park close. That's my well, second see, I, one. I, I care very much about Uber. No. I Uber a lot when I'm in because I don't bring a car. I don't rent a car. The hell with that. And me and the kids are there. We, you know, we stay at the park. We'll, we'll take busing usually, but every yeah. once in a while we're like, oh, let's just avoid that. I'll just get an Uber. No, hell with <laughs> it. it makes life easier. So I, I do that. So what's your but, second? Right. What's your second little you mean, one? You mean third one? We're on three. Oh, you're on three. Sorry. Um, what's your third little one? Right. So, you know, I was thinking, what do kids love to do? I know when I was a kid, I loved collecting baseball cards. I still think they sell baseball cards. I mean, I'm pretty old, but I'm, they certainly I, do. I still think that's I still think that's a thing. So why not animal cards? So for kids to buy packs of animal cards, have an animal, you know, uh, a card for each of the animals at the Animal Kingdom, 
and you try to collect all the cards. You have a nice little picture of the animal and then some, you know, some brief facts about conservation, about what the animal's like, almost like a little mini Safari Mike's Planet Watch, but on a card. Um, and that for kids to collect, purchase, you sell them in pre-packs so they're not touched by anybody else. And, you know, the, it, we still are safe from COVID. So uh, my third one is selling animal cards for kids to collect, sort of like how they collect stickers at, uh, for Wilderness Explorers. But this is a different sort of collection. Uh, that's my third and final um, little one. I love this. You could also add, you know, other things to it. I mean, it could be if you're going to do you park could, specific, you could, you could do it for all the other you parks. Attractions. Yep. Sure. But at the Animal Kingdom, you could certainly phase it, you know, uh, or or focus it on on animals. And there's so many. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different species out there. Sell a nice little book to put them in, you sure. know, that has all the information. Um, no, I like that a lot. I think that's a great idea. I don't think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to win that one, but I, I, I do like it a lot. Well, I was trying to think of little ones, the things that were uh, will be money getters for for Disney, right? And sort of, you know, ooh, the hand sanitizer in this one are kind of COVID related, so you know, this, right? You're not doing anything that would uh, be risky. Um, and thirdly, and lastly, all three of these ideas were not re- really mine. So if any of them are are no, no, they're all true. Christina wins. Nope, <laughs> not nope. me. They're all <laughs> yours. She gave. <laughs> I came yours. up with a couple of stupid ideas, and I asked her, "What do you think?" And she came up with these three brilliant ones. So she knows, no, that's stupid. <laughs> all right. So for my final small one, again, I'm going with things that I think are not small, um, and I this was definitely one I. I used last year, um, and I'm going to use it again because I really, I really would like them to do this. Um, and that is somewhere, probably on the savanna or the safari, Kilimanjaro safaris. I would like to see one or both. I think there's two left of the remaining big five, as they call them. Um, yes, in Africa, there's there's two that they don't have. There's two left: the Cape Buffalo. And the mm-hmm. leopard, correct. The big five are the elephant, the other, the other mm-hmm. lion, and the rhino. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, I'm those surprised. The... Uh, you, you would think giraffe and zebra that are so iconic yep. in terms of uh, of African savanna would be on that list, but I think because they're so easy to find. I mean, there, there are yep. a lot of. I mean, if you go on a savanna, safari ride in, in actual Africa, you're going to see a giraffe and a zebra. The other five, you, you know, you're lucky to see, especially the predators. I would love of the I, I mean, obviously, probably the easier of the two is the Cape Buffalo. Um, but I would love to see a leopard on there. People don't realize how gorgeous and big these things are. They are mm-hmm. beautiful cats. I mean, just amazingly beautiful cats. And I would, think the leopard would probably be easier on the forest trail. And the reason I say that is, number one, is they're uh, nocturnal, so they don't move around a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you see them, uh, if you're driving on a savanna and you go past the leopard area, you're probably just going to see a clump of fur off in the distance huddled you know, behind a, behind a log. Uh, on the, on the uh, trail itself, you have a better chance, even if it's sleeping and, uh, you know, sort of hidden you have a much better chance of actually seeing it i think and they spend uh, a lot of time in trees they do as opposed to cheetahs and lions which do not right 
the cheetahs are more diurnal. They're more active right. during the day than leopards. Leopards are more like a lion. Um, so if you if it was on the savanna, to see it up and moving about would be very rare. Um, if you ever so, get a chance to see up close an African leopard in a zoo, I mean they're mm-hmm. they're incredible. They're amazing. They're absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. You know, again, that could go into the medium category. I put it in the small category because I think adding Cape Buffalo to the savanna probably isn't that hard um, and could be easily done. I would just like to see the big five be fully represented in Disney's Africa. I just think they're, you know, that's a cool little thing and a and a great little uh, expression used for African wildlife, the big five, you know. Uh, yep. Very iconic, and and uh, so I'd like to see one, if not both, of them brought in. I think I said that last year. I definitely said it in the past. You definitely did. You definitely said it last year. Um, are we moving on to mediums now? We are on to mediums. Because I was going to, uh, I was thinking about actually repeating myself on mediums and bring in. I said it two years in a row, and I'm still going to hound on it. And that's mm-hmm. the. Uh, water play area of Ava- for Avatar Land, but I'm not going to give that one this year because that seems very anti-COVID. So instead, uh, my, my first medium is I want them to finally uh, or to announce at least what they're going to do with Primeval World. My idea would be uh, fossil stations, bring back kind of what they had before, um, and you using fossils and actually having uh, play fossils maybe for kids. But having like stations where they're actually showing you uh, actual uh, dinosaur fossils that you can uh, learn a little bit more about dinosaurs, see the fossils. What I think they're idea. cool. And I think uh, that would be my first medium one. No, I really, really like that. And um, because you said that, uh, I had that too. <laughs> I also had... I had a feeling you might have a replacement for That's why I said that first. <laughs> so I'm going to... Um change that all right and i'm going to say that i would like when they announce that the stage shows will come back that they are going to change the nemo show to something else okay i i I thought about that one as well changing nemo yeah that's a good one i would like to see um because i think you know, it doesn't have the staying power the Festival Lion King does. Um, you know, you can generally walk right into it now. Um, it's a big theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it is indoors, so I think it's going to be one of the last ones to come. And I think it's probably a great way for them to, when they do decide to press the uh, the go button on really trying to get people back to the parks... You know, that's a natural way and an easy way to bring something new, something brand new that all of you locals haven't seen yet um, Mm -hmm. to come back into the parks and fill the park up uh, and stand in line and wait for this show and make a reservation and all the stuff that you have to do for shows that tend to be difficult and get all the buzz going. You know, Um, I don't know what I don't know what would work, but I have two ideas. But so what are yours? One that would I think would work probably pretty well would be a Moana uh, stage show. Great idea. Um, yep. You know that's you know, a Polynesian. It's very animal kingdom flavored kind of. Um, 
I know they're doing, or maybe they're doing a Moana thing over in Epcot. Who knows what they're going to do now with all the, you know, all the delays and everything. But I think Moana would work well in that area. The other thing I think is the Disney's releasing a new movie in March, I believe. I know it's this coming year. Raya and the Last Dragon, which is a very Southeast Asian flavored. And if you ever see some of the concept art or even the, the brief trailer, it just screams Animal Kingdom. And I, you know, a Raya show would be uh, might work very well in there too, um, especially since it's probably not coming back until you know later this year or, or early next year. Um, and you know, Raya would still be. I mean, one of the things this Disney is not has a Pixar film, by the way. This it is not. This is a Disney film, yeah. Right, Disney Studios film. Um, you know, one of the things that Disney does is they release the film, and then like a couple of years later, if the film's doing it did well, they'll say, all right, how about like a like they're only starting to put Zootopia things in like the Hong Kong Disney wherever they're doing right. it now. Um, you know, this would be kind of like ahead of the curve a little bit if they, you know, put a Raya thing out by the end of this year or even early next year. Right. When it's kind of fresh in everybody's mind and, you know, still the the thing for Disney Studios. Um, you know, I and if you again, if you look at the concept art, you look at some of the the, the trailers, it just screams Animal Kingdom. I mean, maybe it would be better over in Anandapur as, you know, it's Asian a flavored movie. A, 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 you well, know, you're right on top of, of it there. You are. You're right there. I mean, Everest is right there. So, I, you know, I think you, I think either one of those would work well. And you finally get your dragon into... Uh... Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, you would finally get a dragon. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, quick question about that. First of all, I think that's a great idea. Um, the one that came to my mind was, uh, was something on the good dinosaur, but I don't think that was popular enough. No, um, that did, that failed miserably. Yeah, but it was something I was trying to think of some kind of dinosaur way. Could we do like maybe a peach dragon kind of thing? Is what I was thinking of. Something along those lines. You know, maybe mm-hmm. bringing dinosaurs, but you're but you're just as close to the Asian section of the park as you are the dinosaur section there. I mean, you're a little close to the dinosaur, but you can you know where I'm going. Um, yeah, but it's a theater in the wild. It's supposed to be separate from all the other lands anyway. But it doesn't have to be. You could you could quickly theme the yeah, front could. door you, into making it look like something that belongs you could, in one you could of these easily. places. Um, you could easily. One of the things I saw, Mike, when I saw this um, advertisement about this film, Raya and the Last Dragon, is an interesting kind of phrase they used, which was that it was going to premiere in, studi- in, in theaters, assume, you know, assuming that was the case at the time, but also... Via Disney Plus Premier Access. That's the word they used. What the hell is that? Wait, say it again. It's Disney. Disney Plus. Okay, we know what that is. Disney Plus Premier Premier Access. Access. So what that is, is that you are now, like what they did this with, um, they do this with Milan, I think, uh, initially, is that... as it's releasing into the theaters, if you don't want to subject yourself to going to a theater, you can purchase it through Disney Plus. Uh, so you can watch it at home through the streaming service, but you pay a fee. Like it's like twenty bucks or whatever it was for okay. for Milan. So it's almost like uh, you know renting the movie as soon as it's released in the theaters. It's a, it's a way to get people to to see the film. So it won't um, be available just to Milan, regular. It it. It's not available just to regular Disney Plus subscribers. No. You have no, to pay. you have to pay an extra fee. Yeah, Makes that's sense. the Access Plus thing. So you, you pay another fee, so you can watch it at home. It's actually a lot cheaper. I mean, if you if you are you know your typical you know American family, husband, wife, two kids, 
Um, I mean, what's that going to cost you at the movie theater? It's going to cost you uh, tickets or what? 15 bucks easy. Yeah. So that's, you know, 60 bucks for the four of you just for the theater tickets. Never mind the outrageously priced sodas and popcorn. Right. Um, you know, spending 20 or 30 bucks, whatever it was on Disney plus and watching it at home. Great. So you can avoid, you know, COVID exposure. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are doing that. That's great. I mean, I, so I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that's exactly I mean, what it, I was asking. I know uh, HBO released. I mean, you can watch Wonder Woman without paying extra. Exactly. Disney does. Does Disney is charging you extra to see that? I don't know if they're going to do that with Black Widow too. That's supposed to come out in May. I would guess they probably will. Right. But I know uh, at least with Raya, they're doing that. Okay, so it's my turn to go to. Uh, uh, sec- no. Oh no! I, I just did the show with Nemo. This your turn. Yes. Yep. So. The Tree of Life Gardens is probably one of the most underappreciated areas of Disney's Animal Kingdom. We've talked about that Not many times. Not by you. <laughs> right. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a trail that you can go right up to the tree. You go behind the waterfall. You walk through it. There's a lot of space there. It's where you can go back to see the uh, kangaroos. Some people don't even know that Disney's had kangaroos at the at the park for forever. But there's a lot of empty space, and I thought a one way to kind of fill that space without like really building a new attraction, because again, with pandemic, uh, Disney's not going to spend a lot of money on anything in the parks for the foreseeable future. Uh, but I thought, why not build like sort of a butterfly garden? Just build, you know, put a little bit more plants, some some feeders there, release some uh, butterflies, and have just like an area where you're walking through, you see a lot of flowers, and you see a lot of uh, butterflies and hummingbirds. I think that would work well aesthetically with the Tree of Life trails. Uh, it's kind of got that quiet. It's, I mean, obviously, it's quiet. Um, and it's just like a little hidden gem for the Tree of Life. And you're not spending a lot of money. Um, you can advertise it. You know, Check out the new butter top, butterfly gardens around the Tree of Life. I think that would, be, uh, that would be my second medium. And I think that would work well. Yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, it's simple. I could also qualify it as a small, I think. It could be. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, that's again never going to happen. Um, okay, I think that's possible. That's possible. Let's move it along here. My medium, because <laughs> we always spend a lot of time on the big ones. My medium, uh, and I, you know, for a lot of people, for a lot of Animal Kingdom fans, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow. But I think it's time to completely overhaul the menu and redo the Flame Tree Barbecue. Um. I just think we need to have something with a bigger menu, a little more appealing in this gorgeous outdoor space where you're maybe not focusing too much on eating dead animals. Um, Just something. I'm not saying I want vegetarian. I would never say that. We all know that. Um, But just something a little more diverse, a change, a kick up in this it's been the same stuff for 20 plus years and it's a great location it's an amazing location and it's a time i think it's time to deliver something unique there i don't know what i really don't care but some change into that space um to to just offer something fresh so are you saying get rid of the barbecue I'm saying I want the whole thing to have a different name and a different menu okay. when we come back. Whatever it yeah, might that's be. Never gonna happen. The Discovery Island Grill or Yep, no, it's not happening. Whatever it may be. Because it's <laughs> been the same 
kind of takeout food in that space for 22 years. And the quality has gone down. And the quality has dropped immensely. It is nowhere near as good as it used to be. And when when the park first opened, it was great. And people just don't go to it as much as they used to. And they're certainly not happy when they come out of it at the end. And it's such a great space. The outdoor dining there is so beautiful that, you know, deliver something. Deliver something, Mike. I don't care what it is. Again, I don't care what it is. But deliver something that um, that'll get people excited about being there again. So you're not just saying, uh, you know, do better at barbecuing and you know, change the menu a little bit and, you know, change the what you're actually serving. You want a new name, a new theme and a new complete new menu. Do we really think Disney's Animal Kingdom is the appropriate spot for a for the one and only large barbecue place? <laughs> Well, Well, actually, no. There's another large barbecue place. Yeah, but you know what I mean. It's do we have to focus on eating dead animals as much? Can we can we call it something else? Hey, it's 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 life. It's uh, I understand. I understand. The gazebos themselves are themed for animal, you know, prey and predators. uh, Certain animals eating other animals. Right. Um, I understand. I understand what it is. I get it. I get it. Um. I never cared for the name. I think Flame Tree is a weird name. But um, I, I just, it's time to take that iconic space, which it can be, and make it the best counter service restaurant in the park. Should be that space right there. Now, if you do okay. it with barbecue, that's fine. But I think there's probably more appropriate things to do. <laughs> Like a South American street food know. or something like that. I don't know. I really Mexican, don't care. Whatever it might taste of the world. Bring a little I mean, something from everywhere. Asian counter service already, but uh, okay. Bring right. something from everywhere. It doesn't Caribbean maybe. Caribbean would be perfect. You know, Brazilian <laughs> would be perfect. Um, sure, it's a theme too. I mean, all the, that the aesthetic anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's so that's my um, my second medium one. So now we're on to the big ones. All now, right. Mike, do you want to do the Animal Kingdom big one first, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. Have at it. So, you know, we talked about on our last show that the Rivers of Light is gone. Uh, good. I want them to at least give us uh, the replacement. They can't have that theater just sitting empty. It's a huge space. It occupies, like, the biggest, you know, lake in the whole park. It's it's a big theater. They can't just leave it sitting there empty. I want us. I want them to give us something that's coming back, and I want it to keep some of the same elements of Rivers of Light. I want those barges. You want to add drones flying overhead or something like that? That's fine. Um, you know, you could do uh, certain other things. They're not going to do fireworks, but I want another show on that lake, and I really, really, really want them to out- bring out that stupid flying dragon that flew over the Magic Kingdom about ten years ago now. When Fantasyland first opened, and use that, use it for the show, uh, you know, capping your night at Rivers of uh, Rivers of Light or whatever they're going to call it. But I want, I want to know what the replacement of Rivers of Light is going to be, at least, if not have the show up and going by two at the end of this year. I think that's probably unrealistic, but at least, you know, g- give us what's coming. Mike, normally when uh, we we don't we don't share these with each other beforehand, and. Normally, when we pick the same thing, um, we then change <laughs> on the fly here. 
<laughs> but I wrote on my list, if Mike picks this, I'm not changing. I wrote right next Okay. <laughs> uh, because I said exactly the same thing. And and I just want to add a couple other things to it, to what Mike sure, said. Sure, go ahead. When people come back to the park, however, you know, whenever that is, this summer, when, when people start to, you know, when, when when we start to get back to some level of normalcy, right. um, we're not going back to the way it was the next day. Right. And one of the ways people are going to feel better about seeing a live show is when it's outside. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. I think I think we're all going to have an aversion that sticks with us <laughs> for a long, long time to large indoor gatherings, especially ones the size of a of a show like this. It's going to be very hard for Broadway to come back. It's going to be very hard for hockey and NBA to come back the way they were. Mm-hmm. It's going to take those things longer than it is baseball, where you're sitting in the sun and you're outside and. Right. Because we've all been told that that's better somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Disney built a phenomenal outdoor amphitheater here. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. Um, and to have it sitting barren when the park reopens is just plain stupid. I mean, something should be opening there before it opens at the Festival of the Lion King or before it opens at Nemo. They should feel safer about opening this, especially, like I said before, on a, on a lower capacity thing, you know, where maybe we're just seating every other row for a while, you know, and closing every row down. We could do that here, and we need that. The, the guests need that space. Now, it, could it be a nighttime park closing thing or something that happens every, you know, two hours during the day. Uh, I don't really care, but use the space because even at half capacity, it can probably take thousands of people and use it for something. I mean, I think use it for something that you can do all day long. From the mm-hmm. opening to closing. And then when we get back to normal and all the other things are open and people are going back to the Festival Lion King and going indoors to all this, then we can go back to this being the space of the nighttime thing. But the technology they use to build this, to make the Rivers of Light, is adaptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you can it's a space. There's a lot of things you can do with that space. Um, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, for the love of God, Mike, you could, you could build a wharf <laughs> in the middle of this where we do mm-hmm. the festival of the Lion King, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, there's, sure. there's so many possibilities here. There's so much you can do with that space. I know it's limited by the fact that it's water and not a stage, but please this, I mean, we need something. And I just think that that space, if it sits dormant, without even us hearing what's going there by the end of the year, then that's really bad news for mm-hmm. the future of the park. It really is in my mind. That means the park, we've opened Pandora, and we just don't give a crap about the rest. That the these, these uh, intellectual property mavens that have taken over the top of Disney 
uh, from Iger down to you know the evil Bobs now, <laughs> to both evil Bobs, um, have taken over, and we just don't care about anything in Animal Kingdom other than Pandora moving forward because Rhodey's gone, and that's really all we care about is right. selling merch and doing things over at Pandora. So I, I really I'm I, I cannot think of another one. A more glaring, important thing we need to change at the Animal Kingdom. Uh, listen, we can go back and forth all day long as to why this is closed, um, why it was probably on the chopping block even before the pandemic started. Um, you know, uh, Mike and I, listen, I love the original version of this show. I know you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the hard things it is for us to admit sometimes is that our tastes are different than I guess the average person going to Disney because we needed to change it. Um, and I guess the average person coming for pixie dust didn't like this as much as we did, but we were both, there was no Mickey. We were both floored by it from the beginning. Yeah. I loved it. You know, um, there's no Mickey and illuminations either. And that's been there for 30 years. But well, they changed that now too. But that's gonna right. be uh, there's gonna be Mickey in it, right? But it went for thirty years without Mickey. Um, sure. So I I cannot I can't argue with you on this one. I I, I felt you were gonna write this, uh, but I just well, it's needed. So obvious. It's so obvious. It is the one. It is right. more important now than the Disco Yeti. Uh, it's more important in my mind now than any other big one I've had. I mean, I used to say pandas every year, right? It's it, mm-hmm. This is it. We now have a giant friggin' hole in the middle of the animal kingdom, yeah. and it can't sit like that. Huge, empty theater doing nothing. Forever. Yep. Which they spent... It's not like it's a building, like, uh, right. you know, with Stitch was empty for years in the Magic Kingdom. It's just a building that nobody even really... If you're not, unless you're like a huge Disney fan, you didn't even really notice it. This Every, is obvious. I mean, everyone coming to the Animal Kingdom passes by an empty, yeah. giant, empty, gorgeous theater. <laughs> and you yeah. have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that something's going to be, but I don't really care. And the thing that I put in mind that I that I already mentioned was, you know, maybe it, it maybe it changes. It's, it opens up as something that can eat some crowds and an outdoor experience at the beginning of the of, you know, our our recovery to normalcy here. Maybe not. Maybe it's still just the place for the final, you know, night capper or something like that. I don't know. Right. OK. The last one is one that we would like the whole world to see. Uh, I don't think you're going to take mine on this one, so I'll let you go first. There's no chance I'm taking yours on this one. Okay. If I yeah. took yours on this one, I'd be shocked because usually I do like attractions or hotel things. Like I want you know some Star Wars thing here, you know something. And so I went way lower key than that. Okay. Um, for people who uh, have kids, or even people who are big fans of Legos, you see. Um, Legos that currently where you can build cityscapes, like you could build Las Vegas cityscape, for example, in New York, there's the empire state building ones, very intricate, probably even more adult oriented than for your kids. Why not, uh, Disney jump on board with that and, you know, have a deal with Lego where you can build your tree of life. You can build Cinderella's castle. You can build spaceship earth. 
you can build, you know, the train station, whatever. Various iconic parts of Disney's park you could build in Legos, much like you could do the Chrysler Building or, you know, Big Ben in London now, where they've, you know, over the last couple of years, they've released the corner right, or sort of this more advanced, much more expensive uh, upper echelon type of Lego. I would love to see Disney be, get into that market and, uh, you know, you could build a Tree of Life or Cinderella's Castle, something like that. What do you think of that, Dave? I love it. I mean, I, I'm not a Lego guy. I, I'm a collector. Me neither, really. Of, I'm a collector of figures and things like that. I never was a Lego right. guy. Um, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen some of, like, the Empire State Building and things like right. that. Um, boy, this would be great. And it certainly, you know, there's a there's a connection between Disney and Lego. Um you see sure. a lot of their properties used. Well, so, sure. I mean, you could get all sorts of Marvel and Star Wars and right. Toy Story and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. That's great. I love it. Okay, you ready for mine? I, I can only assume you did not pick that. I did not. No, no. <laughs> you ready for mine? Go ahead. This is, this is, I'm shooting the moon here. Um, but I have a message for Disney and Lucasfilm. Oh, boy. You failed... In the sequel trilogy. It was a miserable failure. The terrible failure. People don't because the third movie was so poorly received, you don't even have Star Wars fans interested in that intellectual property. Things looked bleak for Disney and Star Wars. We had a <laughs> they even lo- stopped, they even like films that they were gonna do. They decided not Chopped. to do like they gave or, or Ryan Johnson like exactly. it was going to do a trilogy. That's gone. Ryan Johnson yeah. was going to do I, a I trilogy. The uh, movies the, every December. Yeah, there was going to be <laughs> right. Like, there was a, all sorts of movies. They were going to give the Game of Thrones guys a trilogy. That's right. That's right. That's they were right. handing that's out right. trilogies left and right. You know, <laughs> but the I think last, even I was booked to do one. <laughs> right. They, the Last Jedi shook us, and then. The Rise of Skywalker sank it. It was a mess. Okay. And this time, however long ago, I think you're overstating after, it a little bit. Huh? No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. All right. Go, all right. All right okay. Good. But John Favreau stepped in and saved your butts with an incredibly great show filled with the kind of iconic characters, Baby Yoda. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the Mandalorian himself, the kind of characters that Ahsoka Tana, that we, that made Dis, uh, made Star Wars great in the beginning. And that's what you didn't have in The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. You didn't have those things. You didn't even have an Ewok, for God's sake. Something that we could put our hat on, hang our hat on as a cool little thing to buy. The best you came up with was the Porgs, and they looked like seagulls, for crying out loud. You have it now. Use it. For God's sake, use it in the park. The first rise of the First Order, or whatever the heck that rise of the Resistance. <laughs> yeah. The hell with it. Nobody's going to care about it. In a couple years' time from now, if Baby Yoda ain't in that ride, no one's going on it. Use this property. Use the good one. Admit that we're all going to have to forget about those stupid sequel films and 
hang your hat on what you've done well, which was reintroduce and introduce at the same time. And really, I mean, Mike, the Mandalorian, if there is if there is something in my mind that speaks to the pandemic, right? The bright lights of the pandemic, Disney Plus is one of those. And it's because of the Mandalorian. You know, I mean, and Hamilton and the things that they put on there, people gravitated towards it. And what I love about the show is, you know, when we got to the to the season finale of the show, I, I felt all of all those twitches that people have now from watching Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead as everybody talked about, oh, is this one going to die or is that one going to die? No, folks, that doesn't happen in Star Wars. That's why we love Star Wars. Star Wars is a feel-good show. It, the good guy wins in the end. The good guy does things for the right reasons. It is the old fairy tale of humanity, right? And we brought it back here with this show. A basic, wonderful Star Wars show. Easily the best sci-fi television show I've ever seen. I'm sorry, sorry Trek fans, but easily is. Use it, man. Let's start to see that property in the in the Hollywood studios in the new Star Wars facilities. That's what I want to see. Okay. Is that too much of pontificating? <laughs> no, I just don't see. Did I lecture well, too much there? <laughs> no, no, no. But you you brought up like, for example, Rise of the Resistance. Um there is no chance of them ever doing anything with Rise of the Resistance for 20 I years. I know. I know. Um, but it is half on film, so is... why not? <sighs> not a real ride. We don't have to. We don't have to change uh, around the animatronics as much like we would. It's not like we have to take all the pirates that. out and return them into Wookies. I think you're much more likely to get a, you know, maybe Star Tours be revamped Great. to a Mandalorian Great. type of thing, or you know, an, another addition to the park. You know, another little mini land with that's uh, sure. Mandalorian, or or set in that time period because I know a lot of the new Disney Plus series coming out, like Ahsoka Tano's series. I want to, um, yeah. and I think maybe even was it Rangers of the Republic might be also set in that same time period. Mike, I just and I guess I get, my feeling is I just uh, don't get too too uh, wrapped up on the Rise of the Resistance thing. I my feeling is uh-huh. I just want to see it brought in. I want to see Ahsoka Tana meet and greets. I want to see Din Djarin walking, walking around the park holding sure. a baby Yoda. I want, you know, if we could somehow find a way to get them into a, uh, the next attraction, we announce an attraction that's going to be added there that's going to be based on the Mandalorian. You know, yeah, or, or that, that. That's fine. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Use this successful universe that you've created here because you flailed away at the first few, right? And get this one right. You know, and bring this in and just let's take the level down on the sequel trilogy because we're just going to need to forget about that one for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, I think uh, I think you have a good chance of getting this. I don't know, I don't know about next year, but in, you know, at some point, because clearly Disney is moving away from that time period of the trilogy. You know, the you know, the, the Rays and the Kylo Ren's. And are really focusing on the now Disney Plus, the series, and this sort of error 
you know, the uh, following the Mandalorian. I think they're going to want to build on that a universe. And we all know the only thing that Disney cares about is IPs now and building attractions related to IPs. And what bigger IP do they have than the Mandalorian right now? Yeah, I mean, that Baby Yoda is selling off the Just seems obvious. You know? Um, All right. So there you go. We'll see. This time next year, we'll see how we do. I I guess we'll call last year's just, we'll just throw last year's away. (laughs) Since there's no way we could have predicted what would happen. At least this year, we have like an idea of how to frame our lists within, you know, like I'm saying here with this, you know, I just want to see an announcement that it's going to be used sometime in 2021. Um, yeah, because we know it's not going to happen, but but we would like to see a vision of same with, with, like you said with Rivers of Light. Just get us an announcement that right. of what's going to be there, because we want to start seeing forward motion um, in the right direction. That's all. Yeah, they're not they're not going to invest in the park anytime soon. No, not not no not with what's going on now. That's no, true. but but with these things, they can and and same with my Nemo thing and stuff, and you with the Primeval World, they can. You know, they're not really investing much here. They're just telling us what yeah. the future is going to be for these things that have been adversely affected by, right. you know, the pandemic, but also change in the way right, right. we're experiencing the parks and all that kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. Anyway, if right. you want to make fun of uh, Mike's list, you can do so by tweeting him uh, <laughs> at uh, Radio at J- Jumbo Everyone on Twitter. If you want to make fun of mine, you could do so by uh, tweeting me at Radio Harambe on Twitter. You can also find us uh, on Facebook at Jumbo Everyone and on Instagram at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I guess that's it. Don't forget the Tea Public show, Store. You're finding the link in the show notes and on all those uh, mm-hmm. social media links. And um, I guess that's all, right, Mike? That is it, Dave. All right. So for Safari Happy Mike. Happy New Year to everybody. Safari Mike's going to go back to his craps game. Quarini, go well. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Now, <laughs> <laughs>